This and every episode of Wrecked Podcast is brought to you by Beeksy Exchange, an upcoming cryptocurrency exchange built in collaboration with One Market Data. Beeksy is bringing legacy finance speed, power, and sophistication to crypto for the first time. With 225,000 transactions per second per pair, comparable to NASDAQ, 15 order types on day one, with 25 order types on full rollout, and a dedicated customer support team, Beeksy is setting itself apart from the competition. Check out Beeksy today at Beeksy.com and pre-register today at Beeksy.com slash registration to get your free Beeksy exchange tokens. That's Beeksy.com, B-E-A-X-Y dot com. Before we get started with Crystal Rose, I want to tell you about our friends at Honeyminer, our first sponsor on the show, and they are back. They have a huge announcement. They are now supporting Linux with Honeyminer Max. Honeyminer Max is compatible with Ubuntu 16.04. Ubuntu 18.04, Cent OS 7, and Honeyminer Max pays out market value plus 10%, making it the most profitable Linux miner in the world. It pays out every two hours directly to your computer, and you're averaging 10% greater than open market earnings. Honeyminer is awesome and easy to use with its one-click install software, and it earns you Bitcoin straight to your computer. Sound cool? Well, if you are, get over to honeyminer.com slash labs. That's honeyminer.com slash labs, and follow them on Twitter at gethoneyminer. I'm Crystal Rose, and this is Wrecked. Hello and welcome to Wrecked Podcast. I am Bunchu alongside my co-hosts Crypto Chamber and Cynthia Wood. Chamber, how are you? Doing real well. Doing real well. It's uh, it's a good day. It's uh, we got we got Crystal on the show today, so I'm pretty excited to uh, end Valentine our Valentine's Day segment between uh, Brock and uh, and Crystal. So that's pretty exciting. Do you guys uh, get gifts for your significant others yet? Uh, I got flowers from my mother. <laughs> um, oh, that's sweet. From or for? For, not from. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got flowers for my mother. They were delivered today. Uh, and then tomorrow I will pick up some stuff on my way home for the fiance. Uh, Cynthia, how are you doing? I'm good. Yeah? I did Child last Army. minute. Yeah, we did Valentine's tonight for their classes. Oh, so fun. all of that times five kids. Yeah, it was. So is it still like where everybody has to get a Valentine? Is that how it works? Yep, yep. Uh, you so put we have the class names and they address them to everybody. It's it's super fun for the moms. So you have carpal tunnels from yeah. writing Valentine's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and we have a very special guest today. We have Crystal Rose, CEO of Sense Chat, voted Forbes top. Women in Blockchain for 2019, producer for Shios.org. Crystal, how are you? I am doing great. How are you? 
Wonderful. You know, I always say no one ever asks how I am. It's like the second. Per- <laughs> it's like the second person in seventy You're, shows. Yeah, we've done seventy shows. You are the second person to ask how I am doing, and <laughs> I'm doing well. I am in uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, the thriving metropolis, traveling for work, and so I am broadcasting from a Hampton Inn, which is just delightful. Oh, Basically. That's nice. Yeah, basically just biding my time till the free breakfast. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, let's get right to it. So we are super excited to have you. Um, I wanted to start a little bit about, um, I would, had you know read up uh, on you a little bit, and I wanted to kind of start with how did you kind of get into tech? And, you know, even before you got into crypto and blockchain, what is your story and background with, you know, your getting into tech in general? I have been a tech geek my whole life. Uh, I was I was really fortunate to have the internet as a kid. So you know I'm I'm in that generation of analog to digital. We had the transition, and um, my ten year old experience was having a modem hooked up to a computer in my bedroom. So starting at eleven, I was in AOL chat rooms and. Um, you know, could have chosen a m- number of things to do, but what <laughs> I chose to do was learn as much as I could about this thing called the internet. And, um, you know, really, my number one goal was to figure out how do I make these cool animations that are happening on websites. And I, I learned how to code at that point. So I started my first internet business when I was a teenager, and I was building websites, uh, building and designing until I created a digital agency. And I've now had several startups and moved into the blockchain space as a natural evolution of what I believe is the, the largest technology that's going to help us uh, you know, radically change everything and connect, just like the internet did. Uh, I think it's funny that you said there was a multitude of things you could have done in an AOL chat room because (laughs) (laughs) that shows my age that I know what some of those things might be. Um, Yeah, that's awesome. So um, and then kind of how did you transform, you know, how did you get take the dive into crypto? What got you interested? How did you become aware of it? Things like that. I became aware of crypto really early on, Uh, you know, back when Napster was thriving, I was one of the people excited about sharing music. And at that time, we didn't really have the word decentralization. We didn't know that this was decentralized file sharing and that it was a different system. People were just excited that they could get free music. Um, You know, at that time, I had a development company. So we were already doing digital products, mostly websites. And my developers would run their computers overnight. And I, I thought, you know, at some point, you know, hey, you're using all my bandwidth for your, uh, for your illegal software pirating and <laughs> downloading music <laughs> and videos. Um, but actually, one of my developers, uh, late 2009, 2010, was mining Bitcoin. And no so he, wow. he explained to me what that was. And I thought it was the stupidest idea I've ever heard. <laughs> and I, I really didn't grasp why he wanted this digital number, this you know, puzzle that was being solved. And, and it took me a minute to really get the cryptographic aspect. I didn't understand much more than the financial instrument for a long time either. So you know, 2011, there was a value and it kept going up. 2012, we saw all of these different things happen. And I got into it because of that. Um, I also watched the Mt. Gox bubble sort of explode and seemingly destroy everything. (laughs) So at that point, I kind of lost faith again, like this financial instrument is not that interesting. Um, But but really what happened was I learned about 
the actual underlying technology, and that's what changed everything. That was in 2014. That's pretty interesting. So do you kind of think, I mean, I think we're at a point now where we just saw this bubble burst too, and as a financial instrument, you may be seeing people not as interested as they were or in other, you know, or wrecked. Um, You know, do you kind of, are you drawing a little parallel between the two time periods? I think it's a different type of bubble. You know, the, the, the Mt. Gox sort of phenomenon was the same thing as the Dow with Ethereum. It was a mistake. And it's something that it can be course corrected. Uh, now we're looking at bubbles like the volume of actual dollars that are equated to this financial instrument. And if you look at it contextually, I think the market's doing great. Because if sure. you think about the time periods, it just mm-hmm. depends on when you got in. If, you, if you've if you been <coughs> part of the market since <laughs> January 2018, like, oops, you're not really loving it at what this point. What about November 2017? <laughs> 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 yeah, you know, that's actually um, the time that our company since raised our ICO is at the end of, uh, of 2018. Mm-hmm. And... You know, we s- we saw a very similar thing happen. Um, if you are raising money specifically to be able to facilitate a company, build products, um, you're doing it in in place of venture capital, which was the promise of the ICO. You know, a new type of of financial tool that could help you to raise money. It's challenging when you have a a very volatile. Uh, asset that you are using to back your your building. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think 2019 is the year of the the builders. Everybody in the previous years were hodling, now we're buildling. That's right. <laughs> that, that's awesome. So, um, talk a little bit about sense and you know where your vision came from for that and what what your goals are for that. Sense is a decentralized messenger. Um, really, it's it's building on top of the same principles and philosophies of everything we love about the blockchain. So what Bitcoin did for digital money was it turned it into a cash type system. It's peer to peer. For the first time, we don't have to have an intermediary sitting in between. Sense has the same philosophy. Uh, we are doing this for communication. So you know, today, messages, most people are unaware that they have intermediaries sitting in between of all, all of their conversations through all of their different messengers and even text message. You have a protocol in between, you have your carriers, you have your operating systems. And so what we're, we're, we're working on is simply a way to connect a phone to a phone, nothing in between, peer to peer. So it's a throwback to Napster and to Bitcoin itself. That's pretty interesting. So talk... Uh, why is that important? Why is decentralization important? Why should people care about that? Decentralization, I think, is something that is a concept that's going to start to become a lot more prevalent as we see the tools that are being built on blockchain that are beyond cryptocurrency. And it's not so much about like anarchy. Like I, I think if you think of decentralization, usually people are like, they think, you know, anti-government or they think uh, lack lack of governance. And actually what it is, is decentralization is self-governance. It's, a, it's just a better overall system. And I think for the importance for us is it puts the power and control in the user's hands of their own data and their own privacy. 
Um, we've seen this year, especially, so many things going on with Facebook privacy, and we're on the edge of this massive combination of Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram, all Voltroning into one major company. Um, they already are one centralized entity, but they're going to connect all of their products. And, and what that means is that if you have a conversation on WhatsApp, you might get targeted for an ad on Instagram, which is kind of innocent if you think about it in the terms of, well, I'm just getting an ad that might be relevant. Um, you know, maybe the AI looked at my conversation and, and understands me more than I understand myself. But the reality is that that data is getting used for other purposes. And eventually, if it gets sold enough times, you know, you could, um, you could see things like your credit score or even your insurance getting impacted. So there are a lot of ways in which the data is getting used uh, and combined with other tools that we really should be able to be aware of. So I, I think Germany, a, a couple of days ago, they just released an announcement that said that they are no longer going to support Facebook uh, with their ad policies, and they're going to have to start to change. And I think the, the EU is a forerunner in privacy and, and has, you know, you'll see it on the website. So have you ever seen those little check boxes for um, cookies? Sure, mm -hmm. right. like literally everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> so the whole EU is about protecting your privacy, just letting you be aware of being tracked. And I think that's what a, a big goal is for decentralization when it comes to tools that have data underlying. For us, we don't want to hold the data. Sense has no interest in tracking user conversations. Sense has an interest in connecting users. This so is a, I, got, I have a follow-up question here. Because uh, this is very pertinent to the conversation, the conversation I was having a little earlier today. Um, our work, uh, we we went to a uh, a sales meeting uh, a couple of weeks ago, and they, they they usually give us like swag bags when we leave, and in the swag bag was an Amazon, uh, is it Alexa, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And all, I have not cool plugged mine in yet, uh, and my wife and I were just having the conversation about you know whether or not we should use it, and I said I'm pretty sure. It just listens to you all the time. And I know we're talking about using data on WhatsApp through, you know, you're texting a conversation so they can pick up keywords there. Do we know for sure if it's, a, it's listening to us and is our, our phones listening to us was the other thing. I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure this is listening to us and I'm pretty sure my phone's listening to me all the time because I can say, hey, Siri, and it just pops up like it just did now. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, if, uh, if you have your Echo on, I could tell your Alexa to do something. I was on a conference call the other day with my CTO and uh, I said, Alexa, turn the lights off, and it turned his lights off in his no house. No way. Oh my God. So they're are very they reporting sensitive. any of that? Like, are, so are they, I guess the, in your opinion, would you think, are they also capturing some of that? Because my wife thinks she'll have conversations and the phone will pick up keywords like, oh, I'm thinking about this shirt at this particular store, and then she'll start to see ads for it. I think now, that's that in our future. The spying, it's not happening currently? The spying is real. Well, it, you know, it's, it's what, what do you believe? So uh, Apple also just released an article about the 
developers that were using the camera without your knowledge. Mm -hmm. right. And so a lot of apps had been recording and you don't see a notification of that recording. You don't have a green light. You don't know that it's recording you. There was also that breach with uh, FaceTime where you could call someone and if they didn't pick up, it would still show yeah. you their video yeah, and audio feed. Really? Yeah, so yeah. I think it, it maybe not, might not be nefarious. Maybe they didn't intentionally build right. these tools in, but the fact that the SDK exists for the developers means that somebody can expose it. Mm -hmm. I think with Alexa, every uh, every clip that goes to the server, I believe, is 10 seconds, and they're supposed to delete them if it hasn't picked up the word Alexa. But that means it's it's shooting a lot of content right. over to the server. Uh, you know, personally, I think what are they really going to do with all that content? I don't disagree. I and, don't disagree. And You're it's right. a it's a lot, but for the AI. AI can crunch that in a matter of seconds. So right. they can learn your behaviors. I'm personally, I'm a little um, disturbed recently by the, the way that apps have known about me before I've told the internet. So, you know, recently, um, Brock and I announced that we have forked our human chain. We're pregnant. You heard that, yeah, Brock had mentioned <laughs> that. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the internet knew before I told the internet. And really? I was getting targeted for ads everywhere, and I never mm. posted anything, nothing on Instagram. I had a private group on WhatsApp with some of my girlfriends, and, and I really believe that there's a crossover of, of data and analysis that's happening that the companies explicitly get your agreement for. And this right. is why Germany's taking Absolutely. a stand and saying, hey, don't make people agree to this in order to use the product. You're, you know, you're, you're bottlenecking their ability to actually use and consume the product. So that, that's the standoff that we have with most centralized companies right now. So it seems a little difficult, right, to bridge that gap, right? Obviously, that's scary to think about. And we kind of get it because we're, you know, in this space and privacy and all that. We, and it's important to us. But how do you, you know, how do you think we're going to get to a place where it's common for everybody to think this way and want to protect themselves? Because I, I think I would say 95% of the people, this stuff really doesn't cross their mind. So what is what bridges the gap? How do we get there? I think you're completely right about most people not caring so much. Some people think the things I have that I share are not that private. So you could almost consider Twitter, for instance, as like a very public network. Um, Instagram is very public. People are outwardly sharing almost nude photos on purpose. They want to be more publicly available because they want the public or social recognition. So I, I think the thing that's going to actually help people understand is value. And so you put a dollar amount on their data. And once you start to put a dollar amount on the data and you say your privacy is being brokered on your behalf somewhere else and you're not getting anything for it. Um, right. 23andMe is a great example. You send them your DNA and uh -oh. all of a sudden they can sell this Crazy. sample for $300 <laughs> a pop and you know all of a sudden it's a billion dollar company. Well, you shouldn't have first of all even made me pay the $99 or whatever the fee is right, now. You which should be giving it. Yeah. <laughs> sure. At the, at the beginning you're like, wow, it's so cheap. How do I get my DNA sequencing for like 100 bucks? Um, but you realize that actually they've, they've profited on you and then they've profited on your genes. 
over and over and over. It's just this repetitive sale of data. So I shouldn't have done that, is what you're saying? No, absolutely <laughs> I definitely, not. definitely <laughs> did the 22 me. Do it for <laughs> science. Do it I for did. science. I did. You I'm good with it. I think it's I think it's valid though. What I think is really valid is that globally, by connecting all this data together, we're learning so much more about humans and how we interact, and it is a positive. I just think that you should be able to opt in and get a get a cut. So where's my commission for my data? And that was really the original thesis that we had when we had our first product, which was Sensei, the the chatbot network. We were collecting millions, tens of millions of conversations across each network. We had uh, been plugged into every centralized network. So we had Facebook Messenger and Telegram and Slack and Kick, and you know we were even doing coins inside of these networks before they did their own ICOs and before they even got to think about crypto or blockchain. And we, we had connected this network of humans together to chat, and we thought that the value would be in reading and understanding the conversations to get smarter about routing people together to be able to connect. Essentially, that was our, our first thought process. What we then realized, though, is that the data doesn't really belong to us. The data belongs to the user. The data belongs mm -hmm. to the people who are contributing the content and contributing to the network. So when we did our original white paper, we wrote uh, the thesis that all users should have that value and be able to connect directly to whoever wants to buy it without an intermediary. So we tried connecting them to advertisers. We learned a really valuable lesson though, which is your data connected with everybody else's data on aggregate is worth tons, it's worth billions. But your data individually is actually worth a lot less than you think. Um, right, we, did a, we did a great poll. You, I would love if you guys tell me what you think. How much do you think your Facebook data is worth every month? <laughs> Chamber, you want to uh, go first? Um, every month, a hundred dollars. Yeah, no, I, don't use I wouldn't even say that much. much. I I feel like I, I that makes sense that a huge group, their data would be worth a lot more than just say mine, by itself, and I, I think it's probably less than a hundred dollars. I don't Probably. know. Probably. Nobody wants to know about me. So uh, <laughs> I, uh, the context makes me think it's really, really small. If you now, spend so. money, um, then they want to know about you. Well, that's exactly it. And I'll tell you, $100 is the average response. It's the top, top rated response. Some people go as high as 1000 And it's actually 4 to $12. And that's wow. if you are yeah. a high content share. So right. that's that's really something to think about. Would you give up your time for a dollar or for two dollars in order to chat with an advertiser or you know to have that be put in front of you so really what we've done is we've just sort of accepted that ads are part of our daily lives now the what the blockchain is great for though is this immutability where i the content publisher can have a record somewhere and uh, and get attribution for that content and micropayments are possible, so you could give me pennies every time you serve me an ad, and eventually it's going to add up. Right, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I mean, so if, you, if you try to calculate how many ads you've seen, and if you had a penny for every ad you saw, yeah, you definitely have a few. Yeah, and imagine when you click those, and you actually do make a purchase based on those ads. And they Which get a I nice affiliate commission. Yes, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, so, so somewhere down the stream, we want to see the user getting value. Not to say, stop contributing, oh my god, everything is you know exposed, and 
Um, there's just a couple of things that need to be improved, and really that's, uh, that's your personal identity. You shouldn't have to have your phone number, email address, passwords, all these things hacked and exposed all the time. And it's your value. Really, the improvement needs to ha be happening on the value side. I have totally opted in to use these products. Um, I'm happy with Instagram. I love you know the fact that my entire network is on WhatsApp or Facebook, but I really want to see them helping the user get more value out of the time that they contribute to the network. So uh, where I have two extra questions here, but so uh, since you just mentioned Facebook, I'll stay there. So we've kind of we've heard, you know, rumors and stuff about Facebook possibly getting into blockchain. Um, in your opinion, do you think it's going to be through some kind of messenger and things like that? Or where do you see that going? Well, originally, I think the spearhead inside of Facebook was um, was David Marcus for blockchain, who was leading up. Facebook Messenger. Um, I believe he's left the project now, but I think in terms of blockchain, we usually associate that with transactions. So somewhere in the process, I believe that's going to be the link. I, I can't imagine anywhere else where they would be trying to find value in that way. Um, but I also think that the the platform itself, just like Google, makes so much money on their current revenue model that they have no incentive to make any improvements to get rid of some of that revenue and put it in the pockets of the user. Absolutely. Right. Well, yeah. And that's kind of, I think, what uh, some of the challenges for adoption for, you know, apps and applications and things like that, because it kind of goes against the model of Apple or Google Play or any like uh, things like that. Am I wrong about that? Apple's a really interesting one because they take such a massive cut of every transaction. They take 30% from the developers. So that means that the developers either have to charge more or earn less. Um, and they also have some really rigorous uh, restrictions. And, and we've run into that actually. We have an iOS app now since is in pre-order. We have a, a beta that has a few thousand people who are um, giving us feedback currently and using the product, but we've had many conversations with Apple about what they consider okay in the world of crypto. And uh, at this point in time, they have even banned uh, sales on blockchain. So they are, they are expanding their word crypto and they are turning it into blockchain. You cannot purchase anything to do with an account or anything like that on, on blockchain. And that's really problematic because they're, they're removing the, the aspect of cryptocurrency from the whole purchase funnel uh, because they want to extract that percentage. And I think it is going to be difficult for, for apps, decentralized apps, so the dApps, to start to launch on these centralized networks. So where do you see, I mean, obviously then that would, that poses a challenge for you, correct, as well with your with your project. How do you see yourself um, either getting around that or uh, working with working within those parameters? We're working with Apple right now and we're working with Google as well. And, and I think one thing that we've seen is that um, there's a model that works a lot better just like Steemit. So I would say out of all of the dApps today, Steam is probably the best example of a really good, well-tuned ecosystem. And Steam doesn't have an iOS app, but they could because they have a concept of a cryptocurrency, but they also have a concept of points. And points have always been okay to sell on, on an Apple product. So if you look at uh, like Candy Crush, for instance, all they did was sell in-app 
tokens or points, and, and right. these tokens just couldn't be exchanged on a secondary market. So, you know, that's really the kicker is, can you create something that happens only in that ecosystem and then be able to trade it outside? And how do you do that without Apple uh, getting too upset about <laughs> the way those permissions work? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I want to change gears and talk a little bit about how Sense works. So we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, but how, what is the difficulty of taking something like messaging and making it truly peer-to-peer? -peer? Because we've, you know, it it is the way it is now because originally there was a difficulty doing it that way, correct? Yeah, there, there was. I mean, originally messaging was peer-to-peer. So we did have uh, ICQ, we did have AOL. If you remember, and huh. this this completely dates me, but you know, it's it's funny because we're now two to three decades into the internet being a, a you know a very standard thing that everyone has in their home and now in their pocket. Originally, messaging was peer to peer. If you were online, I could message you. If you are offline, I can't message you. And that is because the server wasn't holding on to these messages. The server was just sending them straight to you. Mostly that's an infrastructure challenge because they didn't have the resources to store everything. That would have been way too much data. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember a JPEG taking like 20 minutes to load. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember. You know, <laughs> back when the internet was basically founded on video and, uh, and yet it, it was one of the hardest things to get to load on your computer. But that is, that is kind of the earliest core of what messaging was. Messaging was this direct connection, IP address to IP address. And so if you're offline, SOL. Like, you don't get to talk to the other person until they come on. And so you have to just wait there. Now, messaging works differently. Messaging is with a server in between. And that server holds on to your messages. And it delivers them when the person is available to receive it and and there's a it's kind of a holding tank so the way that sense works is we've we've combined the best of both worlds we have the ability to hold on to the message but without the company having access or any intermediary having access so the the reason why we have blockchain is we have uh, we have private and public keys so you're familiar with the way that crypto wallets work Everybody has private and public keys and you're the only one that has your private key. We can take the public keys and uh, Sense has created a method that creates an encrypted version of your message that only the people who are intended to have that message can unlock. So the company can never access any of that data. Even if we get subpoenaed, anything like that, it doesn't matter. It's encrypted, but it's encrypted for you. Once it goes off the server, it's on your device. So uh, one of the great parts about uh, the peer-to-peer -peer aspects in, is this ephemeral nature of the, of the messages. And then it's on your device. That's the other thing. So uh, there's another ad campaign that was run that I thought was really good. Did, did anybody go to CES? No. Uh, no, but uh, I followed it all online and all that. Yeah, see, this is, I used to go to CES every year, and I, I feel like now that I've moved into more digital... Uh, I'm a little bit further away. I love the robots still. There's yeah, still yeah, something sure. alluring about all the robots. But uh -huh. um, yeah. Apple took over the side of this building with an ad that said, what happens on your iPhone stays on your iPhone. It's yeah, like the I saw that, yeah. Yeah, because it's like Vegas. They're in mm -hmm. Vegas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so what happens on your iPhone stays on your iPhone. And, and that that's really important for us because um, 
they're really s like clamping down on privacy, saying, listen, your crypto, your private keys, these things happening in wallets, or what we're working on, your messages are not accessible by Apple. It actually lives on your device. And so we are calling it phone to phone. It's the new peer to peer, it's phone to phone. That's how everything should operate. Huh. That's super very interesting. Cool. Yeah, that's very I mean, that's cool. A, that's an attractive uh, you know, proposition. I think that everybody knowing that would want to use something like that. Um, I think, you know, the the challenge is getting people to realize that that's something that they should need and want. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, I, I, I think don't think the it'll biggest take too problem, much Well, I the biggest thing that I run into uh, usually was when I'm when I'm on Facebook with my quote normie friends and they just a lot of people don't care about privacy. They don't care about ad targeting and their whole thing is I don't have anything to hide. Um, so I don't, I don't need privacy. I, I'm not doing anything illegal and whatever. And it's like, well, you might think differently, like, you know, if your messages were exposed somehow and it was something unsavory. Um, but I just got a lot of mainstream people just uh, don't really care about privacy. I think today it's less important than tomorrow when the, the only other technology that is probably bigger than blockchain emerges itself as the most powerful thing to take over our world, which is AI. So, mm -hmm. you know, AI and blockchain to me are the two huge incumbent technologies that will radically transform literally every industry. Mm -hmm. And AI is in preschool, kindergarten right now, learning sort of, we get these facial recognition on our phones now. It's, it's tracking all of our gestures. We don't really realize it. Uh, so it's learning. And what, what happens in a year, two years, three years when this data becomes really sophisticated and when Alexa has recorded enough of your information <laughs> and when you put all of the things together. <laughs> and and that's, that's actually looking forward why we need to start building these tools today that give you options. I'm just waiting for the day that uh, 23andMe and Alexa combine forces and I get a knock on the door <laughs> and my replacement <laughs> is just waiting there for me. It's just a carbon copy of myself, but like, you know, brand approved. There's so much data. You know, even the photos that you take on your phone, every single one is loaded with metadata, like the location. Mm -hmm. We don't yeah. realize this. That's, this actually gets thrown on a Facebook server is whether or not you have your location turned on and you think you're being private. Um, so eventually, something will come out where we see how this is all being used, and it, it already is. You know, these very, very large companies who provide data to people like creditors or insurance brokers, these are the companies that are collecting the data and buying it from Facebook. Facebook isn't even the main data company. It's more like Oracle or other companies that are uh, selling the data to bigger, bigger uh, buyers that are kind of giving bigger choices in your life, like should this person have a mortgage? Right. That's I uh, <laughs> I uh, I just actually switched. Well, I have both now. I take that back. I have an iPhone and an Android that I'm using currently, and I just started using the Android a lot. I have my Google set up, you know, Google Maps, the whole Google suite of products, and I was going through my email, just settings, trying to see what it had access to, and I could pull up uh, every location I had ever been was recorded and connected to my email address. I could see where I was three weeks ago at two o'clock in the afternoon because I was constantly sharing my location so that I could use GPS. 
Uh, so Google knew, it like showed me my route on a map on any given day and where I stopped and how long I, I was there. That's like wild. talk about creepy. <laughs> yeah. So creepy. That's yeah, so we're, we're getting tracked by everything. You know, Fitbit is another hilarious one because it'll kind of track you and show your routes. I've seen some really funny shapes that are drawn. There's <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> by people that are running. Yeah. Uh-huh. Those people are geniuses, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, again, I don't think that that data matters individually. It's when you right, put it yeah. all together and you stitch this story of a person. And I also don't think that we're going to abandon these tools because they're super convenient. And I've bought a lot of different things because I'm targeted. And it's, mm-hmm. to me, advertising is, you know, it's a double-edged sword. Um, but it's it's more about choice. So when you want to transact and you want to do that peer-to-peer, you use crypto. If you want to have a conversation and you do that privately and do it peer-to-peer, you use Sense. Yeah. Yeah. So does, uh, does Sense have a token built into it? Um, and if so, how does that work? How can I market uh, by it? Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is the Chamber Market Buys Everything yeah. segment brought to you by Rec Podcast. So far, so good. It does. Sense makes sense. So, you know, early on we had um, on our first product, the chatbot product, Sensei had Sensei coins. And we did that as a share of value because we were connecting people together to have conversations and they were anonymous strangers. And it was a it was, you know, an homage to my original experience with the internet, which was learning something from some willing stranger. Uh, but at that time there was no way to give them value, you know, in AOL. People taught me how to make ASCII characters and all these things, and they were just doing it because they were kind. So Sensei sought to ve- give people value in these Sensei coins. Now the problem with a centralized token just like candy and candy crush you can't trade it you can't give it away you can, there's there's you know you're earning it like points it's kind of like reddit karma you know reddit was right. like well let's create gold so that people have a way to actually give value but who makes money on the gold not the content creator reddit mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we created a new system and and the idea was create the token called sense uh, we'll let everybody make sense and so sense is created by earning it, by doing different actions within the app, and then you can also trade it. Uh, We learned a really hard lesson. I'm sure you have had many people tell you about this one, but uh, the transition from, you know, the the sort of year of the ICOs, this like golden 2017, 2018, once Ethereum had the smart contracts and everyone was able to create a token, we learned that the next step was you need to build the application software. And unfortunately, Ethereum didn't hold up. Um, CryptoKitties choked the entire network with the hairball. uh, And (laughs) and we all saw sort of what happened when the volume went to the max capacity. Unfortunately, we can't create a messaging tool or something that requires tons of transactions. So I love Ethereum for lots of different reasons, um, but we had to move to another platform to create better application software that's scalable, more decentralized, um, and also no transaction fees. So we moved on to EOS, and we created a protocol to be able to move the token from Ethereum onto the EOS network. And that's currently where we are today. Our token sense is on Ethereum, 
and we are going to be doing the migration by the time we launch both iOS and Android, which is actually Pi Day, March 14, 3.14. Hey. Oh, <laughs> we're going to have some yeah. Pi and some apps, and we're also going to be migrating the token. And so we're going to do that at a multiple. It, we created a, a protocol called EOS 21. Once it teleports through, um, in order to give value to the uh, the people who've been our, our fans and our supporters and our token holders, we are going to give them a multiple on the EOS side. Oh, that's exciting. So uh, you, you said an uh, EOS 21, is that what it is? That's the new protocol and the Sense token, which is spelled Sense today on uh, Ethereum, yep. is going to turn into SNS. SNS. We're dropping the vowels. That's what the cool kids do in 2019. That's <laughs> what they do. That's what they do. <laughs> so maybe we should rename the podcast RKT. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. That is, that's good. I like that. Well, then that. you can have a token. Yeah, that's right. If we ever have a token, uh, if we have rec token, maybe we'll create a maybe we'll create an EOS twenty one token. So does the uh, so do people have to hold the token to use the features and benefits of uh, of Sense? And you know, what are the long term visions for what you might be able to do in the messaging app? Today, you do have to hold the token, and that's a staking mechanism. So here is one really major change between the old internet and the new internet. And you know we can call it uh, like BC before crypto or BB would be more accurate before blockchain, right? And AB like after blockchain. The new internet which is built, being built on the blockchain has a few features that are going to improve upon the mistakes that we made. Um, the first internet that we created actually was a, a major mistake. And, and sort of a failure in a way, because we forgot about things like security, and uh, right now things are just kind of open and exposed, data is really easy to intercept, and, and we also forgot about value. And that's why we are inundated with advertising as our top internet industry. Let's remove e-commerce. Um, so the improvement is, uh, that every person is going to realize that in order to get value, they have to give value as well. Um, the original tools were all free. They endlessly stored our content and you can't blame them for actually needing to monetize. They're like, wait a minute, we have these servers that are getting jam packed with all of your videos and photos and all of your you know, <laughs> gifts and your crap. Like, what are we going to do <laughs> if you're not paying us? And that's actually, uh, that was sort of why the original horrible banner ads started to become so prevalent on all the websites. They're like, well, we'll just get paid per click. You know, that's that's the way to go about it. But today, I think the new way is going to be people understanding that they pay for services. So, you know, now we don't have Napster and we're not getting free music, but we are meeting in the middle uh, by getting Spotify or SoundCloud or, or these other tools. It's an intermediary step. And hopefully the next step is that we can pay the artists directly, like Patreon. We can pay for the content, we can get them you know, the money without that intermediary, but it is an okay middle step because we're s realizing we have to pay something for the music. We don't have to pay for the downloads on iTunes anymore if we don't want to. Uh, we mm -hmm. just pay to stream it. So that's, that's where I think the improvement is going to happen is uh, the next step is people have to see that they have to pay for tools. And the reason I'm saying this is because staking is going to be something that I think is is in a lot of these dApps and people will have to understand. So you basically have some tokens that you hold on the network and you stake them, meaning that you cannot trade them 
while you're using the resources and that gives you the access to the resources on the network. So let's say I want to have a video chat, I stake some tokens and that provides the network the resources it needs to be able to pay for the streaming of the video. That's very interesting. It is. Seems like a very intuitive way to do such a thing. <laughs> and this is how the EOS blockchain works, and this is why we love EOS so much because you pay for the resources that you actually need. And in a lot of instances, the developer is going to do this on your behalf. They're going to pay for the RAM, they're going to pay for the CPU. Um, but if you pass it through to the user and you do it in a really friendly way and you can see in the UI exactly what's going on, then you understand hey, I have a super private and secure video chat with no storage and no interception, um, and I can do whatever crazy things I want and say whatever I want, and it only costs me two cents. I would that's do that for two cents. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> 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 uh, that's awesome. So I, I think it's a super uh, valuable tool. I think everybody, once they learn about it, is going to want to use such a thing. So I think that's a great place for us to stop and turn the conversation into some fun and games. So let's do a little newly wrecked game. So basically what this is is we've done this a couple times where we've had uh, some people that are you know either linked together we did it with our friends from bad crypto or married as in this case so uh crystal we thought the one of the coolest things about you and brock was that your uh, marriage is on a smart contract <laughs> how, how did you guys come how did you guys come about that decision well i think brock and i don't uh, don't do anything conventionally so <laughs> we wanted to see what is going to be the new system of governance that we think and how can we inspire others to uh, be able to liberate themselves from the confines of the governance that they are currently a part of. And, and really that was the best way for us to do it. Um, we see our, our relationship as renewable and that's like any startup, you should always be constantly looking for improvement and for innovation so really the you know the premise is um, keeping ourselves on our toes and, and giving ourselves an annual review before we get engaged and get married again that's pretty awesome. I love that. Yeah, I, mean, I love it. Not to mention Usher was the Usher. <laughs> I know, that's so amazing. <laughs> Man, that's pretty cool. So, <laughs> all right, so the way this game works, we have 10 questions for you that you are trying to answer Brock's answer. So we did this with him, and he did very well, Chamber. Yeah, he right? got, I think he got six out of 10. Score? He got six out of 10 or seven out of 10? I thought it was seven. Oh, maybe he did get seven. Okay. Yeah, I, I thought so I had six in my head, but if you guys think it's seven, I'll go with you guys. He definitely got a passing seven. <laughs> Give him yeah, the extra he, point. He, either way, he did very, very well. well. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to play here with you. So Chambers got your question here. Question number one, Chamber, take it away. All right, Crystal. These are Brock's answers. So you just answer what you think he would say. Uh, what do you think? Question number one, what do you think is Brock's favorite altcoin? He has to have said sense. <laughs> if there was, if there was anything else, <laughs> I wouldn't imagine 
uh, today, but I really hope I really hope he makes a lot of sense. He did make a lot of sense with his answer and chose sense. Very good. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, <laughs> so one for one. Rethinking that uh, that agreement, that yearly uh, <laughs> renewal, That's, if it was something else. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, I like the yearly renewal because it keeps you on your toes too. I feel like yes, a, for sure. You know, guys, yeah, I mean, maybe it's both, but I feel like guys, uh, I see themselves let themselves go as the years go by. Maybe, maybe <laughs> that yearly contract would uh, keep us in the gym a little bit more. It's also an excuse to throw a party, an epic 100%. love party for your friends. I'm always so down. To I brought that, it up yeah. to my wife. She said, "If we can go, if we can throw a party and then go on a honeymoon every year, that's fine with me." <laughs> this is exactly why the agreement makes so much sense. Yep. So uh, we just found our hashtag for the today's show: epic love party. <laughs> epic love party. Yes. Oh, that's show. a good one. I like it. All right, question number two. What is Brock's favorite romantic movie? Uh, well, uh, let's see. We just watched The Dark Crystal, and we watch Ooh. a lot of these movies that are really non-traditional in terms of what other people would think is romantic. I would say um, he probably went with uh, a very classic classic, though, which I think is more of a comedy, personally, but he would say The Princess Bride. You oh are God. so good. Nailed you are it. good. That is the correct <laughs> answer. And you're both correct. It is romantic and it is a comedy. Uh, that's one <laughs> I of my, think of it as a comedy. That's one of my favorite movies. Oh, it's, it is, it's romantic. Are you kidding me? Inconceivable. Oh, <laughs> I'm so going to put that on tonight. We might have to watch that now that we're but having this I've, conversation. I've argued. It's, not, it's one of my favorite movies. It's not my favorite movie, but I argue that that is the best um, uh, the, the best movie scene for scene uh, in the in, ever made. I think I think it's a perfect movie. Uh, it's it's a yeah. cult movie. It's a great cult it's movie, so and that's good. another sure, reason why sure. I think it's uh, it's it, it it works for kind of all the generations. I was watching mm -hmm. uh, Dark Crystal with my f my daughter the other day, and she really liked that. Was her first time watching, and she really liked that. That's one, one of my favorites. I love it. I'm a big fan. We watched that in Labyrinth back to back. It was fun. Oh, Labyrinth is so good too. <laughs> we're gonna watch all these. This will be our uh, our Valentine's Day marathon. Uh, that's good. That, those are good choices. Okay, question number three: uh, Which coin or token would Brock purge? So if he can eliminate one off the face of the planet, uh, which one would he do? <laughs> Just one. <laughs> just, yeah, just one. <laughs> um, wow, you know, it's. I can't imagine that he would name any by name if he'd. Go with your instincts. Uh, if that's your instinct. Either, either he was really funny and it has to be one of the complete scam coins, or, or, he, or he just said everything. He's like, I just saw all of it. Get rid of all of it or keep all of it? Just all, all of the, all of them. Is it, is it just altcoins or any coin? So yeah, just eliminate one coin. One coin. I think, I think we got to give it to her. She, yeah, she, I, she said right off the bat. The so what he said is focus on the good coins, but he wouldn't purge any of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you were right. So you I'm giving right. you that one. That one's good. Yeah, we're three for three <laughs> That's here. Very so good so far. She's on track. All right. Question number four. What's Brock's favorite non-crypto activity? Ooh, what does he do that doesn't involve crypto? <laughs> um, well, I okay. So my, you know, my answer is travel. Like that's my favorite, and I know he travels more than anything. But I can't imagine he thinks of that as an activity because it's just natural. Mm -hmm. um, one thing is Brock is a really voracious 
uh, reader and researcher. So if there is an activity called like Wikipediaing or Everpediaing, right. um, <laughs> Brock spends a lot of his time gathering information and and this is why I think he's one of the smartest people that I know because he's he's able to retain everything and and be able to craft really amazing stories so maybe reading or researching unfortunately no he went with uh, social impact so things to do you know what I mean to, to help I, I'm assuming to help the greater good uh, of that's true that is that okay okay that's sweet that's, that's what I went with. So <laughs> three, still three out of four. Uh, still better than I would do. He does uh, donate a lot of his time. Yeah. Um, number number six, five. his favorite. No, no, number five. Oh, sorry. Oh, pardon me. I didn't see that one there. Uh, number five, five, would he choose Bitcoin or Ethereum? Ooh. I would have to say the classic Bitcoin. I agree. You're correct. I would agree with him, and uh, I agree with your answer. Bitcoin Nobody asked your opinion, Chamber. Yeah, yeah. I, fe- I feel like Bitcoin will be tried and true forever. If Bitcoin's like our, you know, it's 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 the classic. Hmm. You're 100 percent correct. So that is four out of five so Woo-hoo. far. Very very good so far. Uh, number six favorite karaoke song. <laughs> karaoke is great. So uh, I have done karaoke with Brock f- around the world and everywhere from Japan to Palm Springs, California. I have uh, I've seen him successfully pull off one song that basically no one else can pull off. And sometimes they don't even let you sing it depending on the hour of the night, which is Bohemian really? Rhapsody. Um, and the, <laughs> there's only one other song I've seen him sing or attempt to sing and the only reason I wouldn't put that as my top answer is because um, it's in another language which is Despacito <laughs> that, was, that was a big that was a big song on the episode with uh, with Brock we brought that one up a couple of times unfortunately no he went with Aloha I don't oh. know if that's like the tradi- I don't know if that's like a new song that I'm just not that, cool enough to know. You know that is one of that you know what's funny about that is that's the song we sang this morning. So we oh. we both really love this song Aloha Keakua. Yeah, um, uh, by Nako Bear and Medicine for the People. If you look it up on YouTube, it's actually mm-hmm. one of the most incredible 10-minute long music videos you've ever seen in your life. Really? It's it's beautiful, one of the best. And we actually sang that song together this morning. That's Aww. probably why it was. I've got to look this up. Who head. sings it? Uh, it's Nako, N A H K O, and the word bear, like the animal. And it's okay. called Aloha. Just put up Aloha and, and get the 10 minute one. It's so beautiful. The funny thing is, I think on his episode, he said both of those other songs he did. that he did about yeah. you. <laughs> he said Despacito and, and Bohemian Rhapsody. Rhapsody right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. So if it wasn't for singing it this morning, you probably would have yeah. got the right answer. <laughs> Despacito okay. is a hard one to sing. Unless, oh, yeah. Unless you know the Spanish. Yeah, no, that's a tough one. Uh, question number seven. What thing uh, does... I guess what, what what thing do you do that drives him crazy? Besides everything, <laughs> um, <laughs> is that an answer? Um, uh, no. Let's see. What do I do that drives him crazy? Um, I'm I'm really uh, detail oriented and sort of meticulous and uh, and and a. And a an organizer it's, I don't want to say like a naggy organizer but I'm um, I probably 
maybe he said I text him too much. I'm going to actually just kind of say, like, I, it's uh, something that has to do with me being, like, too c a little too present. And, uh, Fair enough. <laughs> he actually left it blank. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a sweetheart. Uh, Barack. Well, okay, so I'm going to assume that that means nothing, and I'm perfect, there so there we go. So yeah. I, think that's what he, I think that's what he intended. So, Bunchu, out of curiosity, what, uh, what, would, what would your fiancé say about you? What would... What, 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 what would oh, uh, drive God. her crazy about you? Uh, I do, this is only an hour-long podcast, Chamber. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time for that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask her that, and I will give you a follow-up next episode. All right, I got to know. Same with but, you, Cynthia. I want to know, know these answers. Okay. Because I already know what my <laughs> wife would say about me. Either he, <laughs> either he left it blank because he doesn't want to admit anything and, and upset me, but, or I'll just assume he was being the most sweet husband ever. I think we're going to go without. I love <laughs> what, what well, I love. Considering you are carrying his child right now, I think he's going to be just as extra nice as nice, possible. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if I have to give an answer here now that I'm thinking about it, I think I'm going to lock in that she would say I watch too much sports. Oh, and really? she's not a sports fan. So like I'm going to lock that in and now I'll go back and ask her and <laughs> uh, and then I'll, I'll see what she says. And nice. I'll report Every Sunday my wife, th my wife thanks me for not loving football. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, thanks for not loving football. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, question number eight. Uh, would Brock choose a, trez a Trezor or a Ledger, a hard hardware wallet? Uh, good question. Well, um, you know, I don't want to reveal too much because that means that we might get targeted and somebody could come and steal <laughs> his Trezor or his Ledger. Um, I would say y we have both, uh, but Brock bought more Trezors and I bought more Ledgers in the period of us buying our cold storage hardware. So maybe he would, uh, maybe he would say Trezor, but but this is a hard one because I think the Ledger is more updated now. Um, maybe he said both. Is that an answer? He went with Trezor. I'm gonna give that oh, one to you. Oh, he did. I, I, I feel like you were. You were I think oh, you were yeah, hitting the nail on it. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So what All is right, that? Wait, are we on question nine? We are on question nine now. One, two, three, four. She's got five. Not bad. Okay. You remember, like, it, it, you know, when they became really popular, everybody was wearing them around their neck, like kind of yep. like the new gold chain. Like mm -hmm. I've, I've got, <laughs> got the ledger. <laughs> we got the Trezor chain. Look at all my crypto. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say it's almost the anniversary where my mother bought me my first. Uh, hardware wallet. It was uh, it was my birthday. My mom still gets me birthday presents because still, that's a great uh, mom. Factory, still factory yeah, sealed. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I know. I think still, I still <laughs> still got the wrapper on it. No, you know where all the ledgers are now are in the bank vaults. So it's uh, you know, it, it's super ironic because the the cash uh, isn't yeah. in the bank. Right. It's in the crypto uh -huh. in the hardware wallet. Yeah. It's for twenty dollars yeah. a month. No, mine's still <laughs> right here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. So it's uh, I think there might be a little bit of. Might be a little dust in there in mine, but uh, definitely uh, I got it at the peak of uh, of alt season, or at least closer to the peak of alt season, and then it slowly dwindled away. Okay, so we have two questions left. If you get both right, you tie, Brock. If you get one of the two wrong, it, allegedly, uh, we're not uh, sure. If allegedly, we're, we're going to say if you fall between six and seven, you're doing well. So, number nine, what is Brock's favorite love song? Oh, see, I want to say Despacito again because we we played that down the aisle of our last wedding, but I I feel like he probably said something else. Um, You're correct. Go with that. 
Okay, good. Something else. We're on the right track. Getting warmer. See, maybe you can give me <laughs> a half point <laughs> if I get it. Oh, okay, all right. This is. Uh, I'll give you a little hint here. I'm sure I get. I, I feel like I gave Brock a couple of hints. So you I, definitely I, did. Yeah. So I'm gonna get, I'm gonna help you out here. This is um, more known. F- uh, the song is more known through a movie. A an movie. 80, an '80s movie. I don't even remember the answer. I don't either. What are the 80s movies that have love songs in them? Like Dirty Dancing is one, but I don't know if that's a... Is there a song? A specific song? So, yeah, yeah, that's the... That's the only movie I can think of that comes to my head from the 80s. What's the song? I don't know the name of the song. It's... um, Wait, when he picks her up and does the little twirl. Yes, yeah. like, yes. And this counts. The Th- there it is. <laughs> we, got, we got it. We got it. <laughs> That's okay. That counts. You gave that, that one to me counts. half, though, no because way. you said that the 80s. No way. That was fine. You got Dirty Dancing. I just gave you 80s movies. I mean, they made she a lot of movies in there. the 80s. Yeah. That counts. That's the romance oh, 100% one, that counts. That's so that's six out of nine. All right. Number this 10. for the win, I think. I think you're going to get this one. What is Brock's favorite romantic dinner meal? <laughs> Anything at the house. He likes ordering in Chinese food um, the most and watching, and watching movies. But I think... Um, yeah, we meal, a yeah. specific meal? Meal or no, Not or a specific place. meal. So, so I'm going to give this one to you because what he said is any meal... Uh, he says cook together at the home. Uh, well, we reheat it. Does that count? Uh, 100%. Yes, that counts. Yes, absolutely. Look, that's we're, we're both so strapped on time and we eat out so much or we order food so much and, and have so many different events and dinners that just being home, even ordering in Chinese yep. food is the most romantic thing possible. Uh, that counts. I, I don't sure. disagree with that. It is very romantic. <laughs> so uh, seven out of ten. They're I tied. think that's the winner. You might I, be the I'm, winner. I think I wrote down six for Brock, but I'll, I'll have to go really? back and check my notes. Yeah, because we gave, I think we gave him one that we shouldn't have. Yeah, I think we're being nice. <laughs> <laughs> I feel well, Crystal really legit. earned all seven of those. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So you did well. That's that's fantastic. But that being so. said, Brock did get that Matrix question that w- that yeah, blew that all of our too. minds. That, like, that was, was pretty impressive. That was worth five points right there. Yeah, it counts as two. You know what's what's amazing about this uh, this game, and I think because for me I've had it top of mind, so I had a bit of an advantage. But but Brock uh, and I both wouldn't tell each other about the game. So you know, originally <laughs> the the wrecked podcast came to me and said we're going to do this newly wrecked game, and I didn't even tell Brock that what he was in for. He had no idea that this was coming. <laughs> so that was that made it a lot more fun. Oh yeah, you could tell when he was answering. He had no no idea. <laughs> With his answers, he he was basically gonna lock it in a private key. He's like, I'm not I'm not gonna tell you anything. <laughs> That's awesome. That's amazing. This was well, thank amazing. Thank you for playing. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for playing with us. You did fantastic. But so that's going to do it for everything that we had planned. So we want to make sure that we give you kind of open floor to, uh, you know, talk about anything else that you want to mention, any other projects you're working on, anything else you're involved with, or, you know, how can people get involved with Sense and things like that. So the floor is yours. Thanks. I'm really excited for anyone that wants to discover more about the platform that we're building on uh, the EOS platform. If you are looking for community support, to me, it's one of the best 
and largest blockchain communities for developers. So um, I'm a participant in the ecosystem as a block producer, and our block producer is called Shios. Uh, it, we put the she in EOS. We're the first female-founded block producer, and all of our block rewards go back into the ecosystem. We create code for the community, and we also facilitate scholarships for women through our foundation. So that's just uh, S-H-E-O-S, sheos.org. And you can find a lot more information with the with the whole community. I'm encouraging anyone who wants to teleport their token to also look at the open source code because if you have created a token on Ethereum but you need to build application software and you're having trouble with that bridge, uh, the open source code will help you just do that teleport. Um, and then also look at SenseChat. We're really excited to have beta testers who want to give feedback. We're giving token rewards and we're really a close-knit family, close-knit community, so just find our team. We're sense.chat, uh, as well as on Telegram and Twitter, at sensetoken. We'll be on Telegram until sensechat fully launches groups, and then we'll have you join us there in the public channels. Um, and then you can also find me. I'm super happy to chat if you want to uh, tweet me at crystalrose or uh, crystal at makesense.com. Awesome. Uh, one last question, because you mentioned it before, and I wasn't sure the answer. So if somebody does want to participate in the beta test, it is only for Android at the moment, right? The Apple is not available yet? We are beta testing on iOS, and we have pre-order in the App Store. So if you go through the App Store, you won't get access. If you go through our website, Sense Chat, and then send us a note, we can give you VIP access. Android is actually launching today. So my love, Valentine, uh, is going to be the Android release of the beta. That's that's uh, the, the thing that we get for today. And we're one month ahead of our launch on 3.14. That's so cool. So yeah, I actually went to go download it earlier and I had the pre-order. So I will be messaging you. <laughs> yeah, send us a note. We can do a video chat. I, I, may, I cool. love that you're uh, releasing it on Pi Day. I'm a huge like math numbers nerd, and I love 314. So I think that's super cool. I just love <laughs> it's, Pi. It's, it's also a reason to have lots of Pi. We're gonna have yeah, everyone sure. over. If you're in Santa Monica, uh, come over to our office. What's we'll your favorite? Uh, what's a favorite type of pie? What's a what's your go-to? Mm, I'm really about the spicy holiday pies. I like the uh, like the pumpkin pies. Really. Cynthia, what do you like? What's your go-to? What's yours, pie boy? That uh, was very, that if was it's, very well, okay, holiday pie. pie yeah, holiday pie for sure. Actually, you know you know what? Uh, pecan pie is my favorite holiday mm, pie. That's a good one. Um, but like during the summer, I really love blueberry pie. I agree. That nice. that's the one I go with. I go blueberry all day. You got blueberries. Pumpkin's a, a vegetable. You're having pie. vegetable pies, Crystal. <laughs> Pumpkin is delicious. Go with yeah, so. It's very good for you. Whoa. Says the guy. I, I'm a chocolate cream pie guy myself, so <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the least healthy that I could be. But we anyway, will get one we, of each for you and, and have you come over to our HQ. Excellent. Go. I'm in. That's, <laughs> I'm sold. But anyway, thank you so much for your time. We had a lot of fun talking to you. I hope everybody goes and checks out shios.org and sense.chat. Um, and we will make sure we put all of those links in the show notes so people can find them easily. Um, Chamber, any last words? Uh, yes. Visit our Patreon page. Uh, we have lots mm -hmm. of cool tiers. Um, help support the show so we can put out quality programming for e each and every week <laughs> perfect <laughs> cynthia 
no, nothing for me. I just Wonderful. joined both of your Telegram groups, Crystal for Shios and Sense. I awesome. Think they're both awesome. So great. Cool. Thank you. Anyway, again, thank you, Crystal, so much for your time. We really appreciate it. And for everyone else out there, until next time, don't get wrecked. And that is financial advice.